Sit back, relax, and enjoy Talk Bites. And welcome back to another episode of Talk Bites. This time, back to its roots, back to where we started in a coffee shop so you could hear some very loud background noise, clinging, and uh, it's just where it's supposed to be. And uh, I have plucked a celebrity a celebrity no, no, to come no, no. And, and have a chat with us, and, and uh, uh, it's my favorite guest that I've had so far. Well, we'll see how the next uh, 20 minutes goes, <laughs> but we have uh, Blake from uh, All My Pods, from One Heat Minutes, um, and many, many more. I'm sure I'm forgetting them all. Blake, nice to have a chat with you this morning. Thanks, Bri. You know the perfect lubrication is I need coffee. And every podcast of mine is fueled by some form of caffeine or alcohol. Um, uh, caffeine for most of my life, because that's my main vice, is a ridiculous amount of coffee. And then the occasional tipple to lubricate things when you're losing your opinion, shall we say, a little bit. You want to get a bit, put it, you want to add a bit of gasoline to a fire and you know, spice it right up, lower those inhibitions. Absolutely. I, I don't know if uh, if we can survive as a society without it at this point. I can't survive as a parent, as a human being. <laughs> I can't. Absolutely. Um, like, uh, as a uh, first-time listener, uh, long-time fan, um, which doesn't make sense, uh, you know that we start every episode with the same question. And as of last week, we found a new same question, and that is... What is your most unpopular opinion? Uh, I have three answers. I have a three-part answer to this. The realest, most unpopular opinion I have is not everyone is made to be a parent. Just because you can breathe, that doesn't make you good at being a parent. If you're a shit human being, you're a shit parent. <laughs> and if you are like a bad, awful, malevolent person, you're a shit parent. Now, th- not necessarily true, like or in every instance, because there are always exceptions to the rule, but like, um, uh, you know, growing up the way that I grew up and just seeing people around, and I'm so grateful that, you know, our really dear, near and dear friends, like, who work their asses off to be good parents, show like the work like you don't see it when you're a kid but like when you're older and your friends are parents like you see the work and the dedication and the fucking long hours and the slog of being a parent and I reckon for parents like of the kids that are now our age like the boomers like hey fuck like we were all latchkey kids come home fucking before it's dark yeah that's fine go here go there like they didn't care and so I just, yeah, genuinely, I, you can, um, my new profession is that I'm, a, I'm an educator, I'm a teacher, and so I can be in a class with a kid, and, and I look at them and I think, I can immediately see that kids who've got challenges at home, like you just start diagnosing kids, like the way they behave, the way they interact, the way they communicate, the way they, they see the setting, the way they treat their peers, you know. So my unpopular opinion is that like not everyone's meant to be a parent, just not. Because especially the more that you talk to people as you get older and have scenarios going down, some people just like you're like, oh, you're just like a child, like you're just a, like a baby. Yeah. You've never done 
you couldn't look, you couldn't change your fucking socks. I don't know how you changed the nappy all these years to raise this kid. And so that's my my most unpopular opinion. <laughs> oh, um, now the other thing is, I thought of a second thing. So that's like a personal unpopular opinion. Not everyone's meant to be a parent. And secondly, just a caveat. That's okay. If you don't want to be a parent, don't be a parent. It's fine. Yeah. Um, second thing. Technically, my most unpopular opinion ever, based on the amount of clicks and abuse that I've got online as a film critic, is um, is that the Amazing Spider-Man Two with Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone and like Jamie Fox is a great Spider-Man movie, and I love it. It's like batty and weird, and the monsters are like universal movie monsters, and the romance is real, and it's this great fusion of like fantasy and reality, and I love it. And my least popular opinion is that, because that means that other Spider-Men that people love and adore, um, which means that the other Spider-Mens, like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, Tom Holland Spider-Mens, that get pushed down that list, make me quite unpopular. Lots of hate online. There's still a fun article. I'll send you the link. There's lots of fun comments. Um, and the third answer is my future most unpopular opinion is going to be my review of Robert Pattinson's The Batman, which I just said. <laughs> so you don't think Robert Patterson's going to be able to pull it off? I've seen it. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Uh, so he and doesn't he can... pull it off. <laughs> no, the movie's got it's just a collage of better movies and better Batman movies that has nothing to say, except using a Nirvana song three times. Uh, it's just that. I think um, one of the one of the things that I thought they were going to do with Batman um, is kind of like a James Bond. Is every time there was a new Batman, they would take a new take on. It. I mean, there's 50 years of comic books. There's been different Batman. Batman '66 is campy. Yeah. And I love Batman 66. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love Batman. Yeah, it's great. Like, uh, fuck, if I was... I love the costume. I love it. Um, but there's there's different takes to it. And I, so I've always thought they were going to do James Bond, but they seem to be stuck. And I haven't seen the movie. So I, probably, I might be wrong. But to me, from the trailer, it seems like they're stuck on this gritty realism. Yeah. Um, Nolan Batman, as opposed to... Yeah, just aping Nolan Batman. Yeah. We, you know what we've got? Nolan Batman. Yeah. It exists. It is. We can all, we can, we can all see it. Yeah, go and back then, to those movies. They're great. Good pleasure. Great. Good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it just feels like... It just feels... Like, you hope that someone has a take. Nolan had a take. Burton, whether you love it or hate it, I love it. Whether you love it or hate it, had a take. Snyder, love it or hate it, take. Joel Schumacher, yeah. take. Whether yeah. you hate it, love yeah. it, had a take. Yeah. This movie... Just doesn't really have a take, and like it, it kind of tries to, but then it gets. A, I don't know whether it's studio interference or whether it's just that he didn't have any good ideas. But yeah, I don't know. Okay, I get it. Money-wise, Batman makes the money, and some of their other movies has fallen flat a little bit. But yeah, uh, a couple of minutes. A couple of minutes will work. Yeah. Thanks, so. Thank you. Um, 
But yeah, yeah. So my, my probably my most unpopular opinion is that uh, the Spider-Man, back to Spider-Man, No Way Home, is the worst Spider-Man movie. I would rather watch Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire and emo dancing down the street. That scene alone, on repeat for 48 hours, than see one scene of No Way Home. Well, I can tell you this. Our family walked out of No Way Home because it was me, my wife, my son, Kate, and uh, we took him because his sister was at her auntie's place for the night, staying over, sleep over with cousins. And I go, do you want to go see Spider-Man, dude? I, I knew I wasn't going to be a fan, but I'd rather take him because if I'm going to enjoy it, I'm going to enjoy it vicariously through him because I'm not really... Marvel movies are just at the moment are just like rinse, repeat. Just a, They're just a che- they're cinematic cheeseburger. You just eat it and like it tastes good and then when you go <laughs> you shit like almost immediately as you walk in the door you're like really that wasn't that good for me <laughs> you know and so yeah like I thought oh, I'll watch this and it got to like halfway through and he goes dad I want to go home this is creepy and him and his mum looked at each other and his mum and I looked at each other and I'm like okay sweet right here thank you yes thank you very much but yeah so yeah um, we are, I still yet to see the end of that movie, despite its popularity. I, uh, I haven't either, but I could get from memes kind of what, what happened. <laughs> Interview, like, interviews and memes yeah. have filled in the blanks. Okay, cool. He went back and she didn't know him. Oh, okay. Oh! <laughs> There's an ending. You're going to have to put a massive spoiler warning on this. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the, in the time. Yeah, a massive spoiler. But, I mean, it's been out for... Two months? Three months? Yeah. Yeah, I'll put a spoiler. Um, Speaking, going back to James Bond, uh, you actually do have a love affair with James Bond. I do, yeah, I love James Bond. How did you feel about um, who's going to be the next one? Who are you going to do? The thing I, the one thing that I do love about the different James Bonds, I haven't gotten too much into who's going to be in yet. Um, I would really like to see a British person of colour get a shot at it. I think Idris Elba was my favourite potential choice for a long time, but he's an older dude too, like, so I don't think he's gonna get a shot. Um, so, you know, I've, I've seen some people throw up, like David Oelio, which I really love, great actors in movies like Selma, and Jack Reacher, just a terrific actor. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind a person of colour, just to see how that goes down, to see what you can spin on his origin as a bit of an outsider, um, as as a guy who came of means, an orphan who came of means by his family, and having a chip on his shoulder, and I wouldn't mind that. But I just I just love James Bond in principle because every scent, and some of them like really don't age well because of technology. But every cent of the money they spend on those movies ends up on the screen. You know, and and so the most recent No Time to Die, which we saw together, um, you know, they spent a couple hundred million bucks on that movie, and it looked fucking great. And they they went places, and there was emotions and high stakes, and oh, yeah. So I love me some James Bond. I don't, I'm I'm not sure where they're gonna go with it. I definitely, sorry, ladies, I don't think it's gonna be a woman. Like I just don't think it's gonna ever be a woman. But I think there's plenty of space for different places to put James Bond and although the last film No Time to Die had like a finality on it you can just 
go back into the world, drop of the hat. James Bond has a great formula. And formula sometimes is a dirty word or a structure is a dirty word for something, but I think it's great because you can just you can dance in the formula. The formula is in media res, we find James Bond on a mission. Something really sweet happens at the beginning of the movie. It doesn't appear to have anything to do with the rest of the movie, but then he gets sent on a mission, and then we later find out that that mission he was on in the beginning somehow feeds into the mission that he's on in this movie, and then he fucking conquers a big monologuing bad guy, and he beds a few hot birds. He drives really fucking cool cars. He wears great suits. He looks amazing in a Tom Ford suit. And we all feel awesome, and we go home because it's fucking cool. Um, so, yeah, like... You can't really fuck it up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm excited about any James Bond because if they, I just know the people who make James Bond movies, they don't always get them right, but far out they throw money at them to make him right, you know? And, and the James Bond franchise is a massive sponge for anything that's going on in action cinema. And so, fortunately, they're really leaning into the more, like, Mission Impossible, John Wick sponging instead of Marvel shit. Yes. Because all Marvel movies are shot in one factory in Atlanta on a green screen and nothing looks real. Whereas like John Wick is like shooting in New York City and driving super fast cars and Tom Cruise is hanging on the side of planes or fucking diving into gorges or flying a helicopter in New Zealand because it's the only country that would ensure the movie for the star to drive a helicopter near a mountain. Like, yeah, just be more like that. More movies like that. 100%. 100%. You know, I actually went back and watched... We watched No Time to Die. Mm, great. I, I went back and watched um, Casino Royale. Yeah, great. And all these stuff that they... that they He was in 007 at the beginning yeah. of the movie. Right. And, and then it was just like this whole complete career of 007. And then the fact that they had... Yes, in No Time to Die, they had... Um, oh, I don't know the name of the actor. The... The woman that was 007, and then she's like, I relinquish it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've just lost her name, so uh, I'll, I'll Google while we're talking. So it, it's, it's, they, I just love everything that they've done with the Daniel Craig time from his first movie to his last movie. It was, they just set the, the character up, they set the 007 up that it's now officially canon that it's a designation, it's not a person. Whereas before, it was always, is it? Yeah, I, that was love one it. thing. That a couple of like fan gushy fanboy like Reddit threads wanted, and I sort of sometimes I thought it would have been cool if they actually did it, which is like they just turn not only 007 into like a detached 007 from Bond, but they like make James Bond a codename, and so that was the thing that it was always going to be potentially that James Bond was going oh it's Lashana Lynch um, who plays Nomi in the new No Time to Die, um, but yeah like they were going to say that it was like James Bond's a designation and try and get like other Bond actors like Pierce Brosnan and George Blazenby, all the guys still alive, Roger Moore, Tim Dalton. Um, and I was like, oh, that might be cool, but I think that James Bond is James Bond. He's just the guy. It doesn't matter what... I, I would like to see a person of colour get a shot at it. And Carrie Fukunaga, who directed as a man of colour, like an Asian-American man who directed this great director, sh- fucking shot the shit out of it. So, yeah, I... I'm, I'm just excited now that even if they do go back to James Bond, like, I don't want a big... Like, Craig earned his big R, but I just want, like, a solo 
give me the nuts and bolts, James Bond, throw all the money at it, get a great director, write the living daylights out of it, and uh, no pun intended for the living daylights, but just write, just write it great, fun, cheeky, awesome. That's what I want. I, I, I don't care who it is, I don't care who's directing, just make it good. <laughs> just, make it good. <laughs> just make it good. Otherwise I have to go to movies and see Marvel movies, and I'm just like, ugh. My, my one thing is, like, to go on to unpopular opinion again, is I'm really sick of media echoing the voices of dissent when it comes to picking actors. I think uh, Idris Elba in, um, in Thor yeah. would be one thing. Everyone up, oh, you know, uh, the character... Hondel. Uh, Hondel. Oh, he's white because he was Norwegian god. He's a, it was a good actor in a good role, and I'm just so sick of people complaining. Like, let it happen. Yeah. I think it's... I think have a take. Like, if the filmmaker has a take on the material, it's always vastly more interesting than when they don't. And what I mean by have a take is, like, Tim Burton made Batman Returns. So, like, it's a movie, like, a million years ago, so I can talk all the detail I want about it. Oswald Cobblepot, who's the Penguin, was never a monster. He was a gangster. Like, that was just a simple thing. He was just a gangster who ran the Gotham Underworld. It was a nickname that became a persona. And Catwoman was a cat burglar. It wasn't anything to do with the supernatural. But Burton, like, decided that, no, my take on this character is going to be weird, mutant, orphan child, gets stuck in a, like, gets stuck in a freak show, looks like a penguin, comes back, still has a tenuous grip on reality, but is ultimately like this weird mutant freak guy. And Catwoman is like a supernatural kind of cat vampire who like gets bitten by cats and then comes back to life. That's a fucking take, my gets, man. Gets bitten by cats. I forgot about that. Yeah, dude. Like, that's what actually happens in that movie. And you know what? It's awesome. Like, no one has been able to replicate the take. DeVito is unbelievable. Michelle Pfeiffer is an icon. It's like, he had a take. And I'm like, whether you hate it or love it, he had a take. And so I'm like, I don't care who you cast in any role. Like, the filmmaker needs to have a take. They have to have all the answers. They have to have a reason for casting that person, whether it's, you know... Um, a really underrated movie for me, like a drama, is called Munich, directed by Steven Spielberg. I think it's one of his best. It came out in 2005. It stars Eric Banner. And he saw Banner in The Hulk, of all things, like Ang Lee's Hulk. And he just said there was something about humanity in the in your eyes that, like, made me cast her in this role. He cast Eric Banner, who's an Eastern European migrant to Australia, comedian. He cast him as, like, like a, a Jewish... Uh, like a Jewish former like secret service agent who goes undercover for Mossad to hunt down Arabic terror cells. And it's his best performance of his career. Now Spielberg saw him in The Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. And when, look at that guy's eyes. Look at the humanity in that guy's eyes. That's my Avner. That's a take. He had a take. Yeah. And people might go, what the fuck? Eric Banner, he's not, he's not Jewish. He's not American. He's not, he's not German necessarily. He was Eastern European. Um, his parents. Um, I think the way you'd correctly pronounce his surname is Bana, but like in Aussie, like Bana, because that's how we do it. <laughs> but yeah, like that's having a take. So just my thing is like, who gives a fuck? Have a take. Um, and you can be rewarded because like everyone 
was so mad about his Ledger. Like, that's the iconic one, right? Everyone's so blood red mad. And even people were angry at Ben Affleck in the Batman v Superman. And I'm like, he's, like, whatever you think about that movie, he's really good. He's really good as Bruce Wayne. I actually love Batman. I, I love Batman. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. When he's like pretending to be drunk and he's being like Bruce Wayne, I'm like, you know what? There's something underrated about the Bruce Wayne character. He fucks, guys. <laughs> he takes all the hot women in Gotham to bed. You know who I believe the most that took all the hot women to bed in Gotham? Affleck, baby. Still got J-Lo. Are you kidding me? Think he doesn't know how to work that thing? And he's back. He's got her again. Uh, we are probably about five more minutes, if that's all right, mate. So, yeah. The, um... Uh, this, this, like, this time has been amazing. So, I usually end every episode with an interesting fact. So, what is your favorite fact? My favorite just general fact? Just general fact. Oh, shit. Uh, oh my god. I have too many dumb facts in my brain, Brian. That's a hard fucking question. Um, oh, okay. Let me think. Let's do, let's do like a movie-related fact, because I feel like it's a movie-heavy combo, so let's keep it in that way. Um, one of my favorite films that I've been doing a podcast on for more than a year now called Zodiac. Um, the filmmaker David Fincher who made it about the Zodiac Killer uh, adapting Rob Robert Graysmith's book The Guy Who I believe uncovered who the Zodiac Killer was and I don't think anyone's ever come as close to him and he compiled all the evidence etc but Fincher um, leaves room for the audience to like to misdirect the audience with where I think Graysmith's revelation is coming So when he shoots the movie, it's a fact that I learned from one of the actors in the film. Fincher had four actors record every line of dialogue that the Zodiac serial killer in that movie says, threw them all into a computer, and then merged them and melded them together, like changing the levels and the intonations, so that every time they're speaking, it doesn't quite sound exactly like the guy who they ultimately cast as the person that Grayson believes is Zodiac. Oh, wow. So when you're listening, you're like, is that? That sounds just like him. And, you know, for example, I, I got a, a friend who's a film editor in the United States, and he's like, Blake, I'm telling you, in that moment, that sounds like this actor, because I worked with him on this film and I edited it and I had him in my fucking headphones for nine months and that's that guy's voice. Like, I can remember it. And then other people are like, no, that's 100% him. And, other, and the answer is that it's all correct. Um, so that's my one fave fact, because I think it goes to what we've kind of been talking about, which is like, have a fucking tape, right? This is like, there's a depth of art that's not just like what what cutscene's gonna be in this Marvel movie. It's how can I truly manipulate the audience to elicit an emotional reaction? How can I make them feel uncomfortable? And like cinema is 50% sound. Um, so if, if the sound doesn't work, 
Yeah, so that was just like a tiny fact that I discovered in this recent project that I thought was insanely cool. Because I thought, wow, it just shows the depths of thoughtfulness that a, a true artist crafting cinema can have to play with an audience's emotions. Amazing. Amazing. Cool fact? Um, like, all my fan is, uh, is now... Uh, <laughs> one, one, one eight minute productions. <laughs> How do they find you? Yeah, so please, how do they find you? Uh, best thing to do, go to your podcast app of choice uh, and you like obsessive cinematic deep dives, often one minute or one scene at a time. One Heat Minute Productions is for you. Just type in One Heat Minute into any podcasting app will pop up. Um, I'm One Blake Minute on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, if people listening still go on Twitter, just on Instagram, there's way less of this kind of content. There's more like my kids, um, basically. Uh, but yeah, like that's where you can find me. I, I, we do a bunch of projects. We've done an extensive podcast on Heat for One Heat Minute. That was the show that kicked us off. We've done a podcast about Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice. We've done a podcast about Alan J. Pakula's All the President's Men. We've done a podcast about Josie and the Pussycats. We've done a podcast about Zodiac Chronicle. Oh, it's called about Zodiac. We've done a podcast about Miami Vice from 2006. Lots of Michael Mann heavy content. Lots of filmmakers. Michael Mann's been on the show. Paul Thomas Anderson's been on the show. Guillermo del Toro has been on the show. John Carroll Lynch from Zodiac has been on the show. Um, just an incredible array of talented people, film critics, um, have decided to join me uh, talking about movies. They seem to like the cut of my jib for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's if you if, if you like if you like that, that would be uh, that'd be great. Awesome! Thank you so much, Blake, and thank you for taking the time to meet with us today. You're the best. Thank you for listening. Talk bites.